0: myself
1: Good morning. Thank you. My name is Kevin Mercer and my pronouns are he, his. I am a member of your Board of Trustees and it's my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Giddy as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help us keep connected. Whomever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining us worship this morning. Uh, We encourage you to fill out the visitor form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the virtual or in-person social hour after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those Mm -hmm. in attendance in our sanctuary this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones or other electronic devices. I do have a few announcements. All are invited and encouraged to participate in a post-service discussion on the covenant of right relations this morning. If you're joining us in person, please move towards the windows over here uh, at the end of the service. If you're joining us online, just remain in the Zoom room and the discussion will begin following the two proslude songs. If you're interested in learning more about Luminous, today's second Sunday outreach offering recipient, you're invited to stop by their table located in Sanctuary B. The Board will hold its regular monthly meeting this Tuesday, April 12th, at 6.30 p.m. on Zoom. We invite you to listen in as we discuss the executive team's ENDS monitoring report, priorities for the upcoming budget, last month's open question around stewardship, and more. Sounds fun. The, The agenda and the materials are posted on UUCC's website. Please join us. I know I will be there. The TOMS, Benjamin and Monroe are 2 six of the Chalice Messengers, UUCC's jazz and rock band, in residence. The band, plus two of our stellar vocalists, will perform right here on Saturday, April 23rd, at 7 p.m., as an auction event. Please see or contact Tom Benjamin for more information. Tom? Uh, and tickets. Just a few seats are still remaining. Today, we hold our Black Lives Matter vigil um, from 4 to 5 at the Governor Warfield entrance to the mall. And finally, our One World Coffee House presents Chris Matthews in concert this upcoming Saturday, April 16th at 7 p.m. Already being hailed as the next Woody Guthrie, DC resident Chris Matthews is among the brightest stars in the new generation of social justice music makers. She blends Americana, folk, jazz, blues, bluegrass, funk into a bold, complex performance. You can find tickets and details on the UUCC website, and we hope that you'll enjoy a brief teaser clip of Chris Matthews performing.
2: Not in our culture, we should cancel right away, instead of banning, saying gay, we should have racist holidays teachers should get to teach without worrying about their faith or if they'll have an active shooter that they'll have
3: Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation and to welcome all of you this morning. If you are here in the sanctuary and need a hearing assist device, those are available from the sound booth in the back, so please see the tech team. Remember, if you want to follow along in an order of service, we're providing those electronically. You can access it using the QR code that's going to appear on the screen momentarily, and also the URL that is probably in the chat for those of you joining us on Zoom. If you are a guest today, please do, as Kevin mentioned, fill out that visitor form. They're available in the lobby or online so that we have the information we need to stay in touch with one another. And we will, as is typical, celebrate personal joys and sorrows of members of the congregation later in the service. So if you have anything that you would like to share, please write it in the Joys and Sorrows book in the back of the sanctuary, or send those via email to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. And remember that even if you're not here in the room with us, you can participate in these embodied rituals that we share in this space with flames, with rocks and water. We hope you'll join us in those rituals at home as well. Thank you to everyone who has contributed to this morning's service, both in front of and behind the camera, those on the hospitality team and the tech team and our religious education volunteers and more. Special thanks to Jill and Kevin and Kelly and Robin and Scotty, whose voices you're gonna hear this morning, and also to Tom Monroe and Tom Benjamin and Michael Adcock for the music. Thank you, everyone. So on this not very spring-like April day, I wonder what's up with that, we find ourselves in a holy time for many of our neighbors. The Christian Holy Week begins today, the Muslim observance of Ramadan continues, Passover begins later this week. And here in this Unitarian Universalist congregation, we're not observing any of those particular religious celebrations. Instead, what we're going to do today is explore more generally what it means to be in religious community at all. There are many different reasons why people gather corporately in religious community as we do today. Whether for Muslim Jummah prayers or Jewish Shabbat services or pagan moon rituals or Christian worship or Unitarian Universalist services, our motivations for gathering really vary. They vary from person to person and from day to day. For some, being a part of a religious gathering is about family tradition or social pressure or loneliness, a deep love of ritual. It may merely be habit or for a sincere longing for connection or a hunger to hear challenging and inspirational content Maybe it's a sense of devotion or deep conviction about the teachings of one's traditions, because, or because it's what a religious authority says one must do. Maybe it's because of a deep sense of wonder about that which is most holy and a longing to devote just a few moments to humble, reverent awe. But one of the reasons we gather One of the things that UUCC have actually taught me about over the years is to practice with one another. We come together on Sundays and in other gatherings to practice how we want to be in the world as curious, compassionate, thoughtful, justice-making people. Here, we cultivate a community in which it should be safe Safe to take risks, to make mistakes, to be embarrassed, to learn. We gather as UUCC in part to practice how to be human. And today, we're thinking about one of the initiatives that's underway in UUCC right now to help us practice being human together more effectively, more safely, more robustly for everyone. Both in this worship service and in those small group gatherings afterward, we are thinking about what it would mean to adopt a covenant of right relations. I hope you'll choose to stay engaged in the conversation. But for now, I invite you to take a deep breath. Settle in wherever you are. Open mind and heart and spirit to this experience. Let us worship. So for the past several months, the Covenant of Right Relations Committee, which is co-chaired by Robin Hesse and Scotty Scott, and includes Mark Brooks and Ned Tillman, and also Kevin Mercer as the Board of Trustees liaison, has been researching other congregations' work and drafting a proposed Covenant of Right Relations for us to consider here. So thank you Robin and Scotty for being here today and also this morning for lighting and dedicating our flaming chalice, that most visible symbol of our Unitarian Universalist tradition. So Scotty and Robin.
4: From In Gatherings by Marta Valentin. We come to gather strength from each other. We come to give strength to each other we come to ask for strength from the spirit of all that is and is not. When our hearts sing or when they frown, it is the way of compassion telling us to give. It is the way of peace telling us to share our gifts for we are happiest and most powerful when love is made apparent and in and through us. Spirit of the circle that is love as we twirl in this dance that is life, we give thanks for remind, reminding us each day of our task of ministering to each other with a search, searching glance, a safe touch, a generous smile, a thoughtful word. Thank you for reminding us that we are always building our beloved community. Amen, pause. Blessed be.
3: Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Robin. And now, as you are willing and able, will you please rise in spirit, if not in body? We're going to speak together our congregational covenant, a different covenant than the one we're considering today. Then we're gonna greet one another and then we're gonna sing. So first, let's speak together these words of promise. Strengthened by our common humanity, and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit of the world and of humankind. And now I'm going to invite you to greet one another with gentleness and thoughtfulness, understanding that not everybody wants to touch or even even let's say hello.
5: Hi there. Oh,
3: good morning,
5: good morning, morning, you. morning,
6: morning, Dermot
5: oh, looks oh, terrible. Is she sick? McDermott. Hello,
3: John. Hi, yeah. Inga, oh, how are you all?
6: Good morning.
5: Good morning. Hello,
3: Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Good morning. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Good morning. 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 Hey. Oh, hey. Pale, and join in singing
3: hymn number three hundred twenty-three. Break not the circle.
6: My name is Kelly Daneker, my pronouns are she and hers, and it is my joy to serve as the religious education assistant at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. If there are any kids who want to come down front, you are certainly welcome to, but not required, because I know there's a small number of you today, so (laughs) Raise your hand, and so you guys get to participate today. Raise your hand if you have ever been to the theater to see a show. Right? We've all been to the theater. Good morning. Now, have you ever been to a show and you've seen it and there's a character in the show that you're feeling really bad for? Maybe the character has been oppressed. Anybody ever seen that? A character that you have felt badly for on stage? All right, now imagine this. Imagine there was a theater where if you wanted to, you could stand up, any time you chose to, go on stage and change what is happening before you. Maybe you could make the scene more fair, more just, more inclusive. You might be able to help the characters be in better relationship. In the 1950s and 60s, a doctor Augusto Bolal, a theater, a Brazilian theater practitioner. Drama theorist and political activist was experimenting with just that sort of theater. He developed a process whereby audience members could stop a performance anytime they chose, and they could give a suggestion to a character on stage. The actor playing that character would then have to carry out the audience suggestions. Sounds great, right? But one night, in a now legendary development, a woman in the audience became enraged because the actor who she was trying to talk to could not understand her suggestion. So she got out of her seat, she came onto the stage, and she showed what she meant. For while this was the birth of something new. It was the birth of what he called going from Would you come hold a sign for me? Would you come hold this sign up? Show everybody out there. Going from spectator show him that one, to spec actor. (laughs) And his theater was transformed. He began inviting audience members with suggestions onto the stage to demonstrate their ideas. In doing so, he discovered that through this participation, audience members became empowered not only to imagine change, but to actually practice that change, reflectively collect on the suggestion, and thereby become empowered to generate social change. Theatre became a practical vehicle, thank you so much, for grassroots activism. You guys can have a seat. So I think that sounds like something we can use, because as Paige said, something pretty exciting is happening here. You have a right relations team who has come together to focus on creating a new covenant of right relations. The goal is that this will be a tool to help us navigate our interactions so that our differences can foster growth, not division. So today, in the spirit of Augusta Bewell, we are going to explore a scene together, and I am going to encourage some of you to become spec actors. Now, our scene today is going to include controversial coffee-hour snacks. (laughs) Right? We are all looking forward to going back to coffee-hour and spending time together, but as we also know, coffee-hour can challenge the way that we are in relationship with each other. So I want you to imagine that you are at coffee-hour, and you eat a brownie that is just terrible is there a spec doctor in the house willing to come and stand here and pretend to eat a brownie anyone anyone will you come on down come yes please bravo to our first spec actor in the house come stand right over here so you're going to take a bite of that brownie right your line is this brownie is terrible ready go excellent now you guys come stand right here for me And I'm going to say three, and you're going to face out here, and I'm going to say three, two, one, and you're going to say, I made the brownies. Ready? Three, two, one. I I made made the brownies. (laughs) Excellent. Let's put that together one time. So from your line, a bite of that brownie, and? And on three, two, one, I I made the brownies. Fantastic job. Now. Spectators, how might you react to this situation? I'm betting that everyone sitting here has an opinion, right? You have an opinion, you have an idea, right? What would you say? On three, two, one, can we say it all at the same time? Ready? Got your idea? Here we go. Three, two, one, action. (laughs) Now, brave spec actors, who will come and share their line with us Anyone feeling brave enough? (laughs) Oh, maybe you need to see the scene one more time. Maybe it hasn't pulled at your heartstrings quite enough. Let's go one more time. Show me that brownie. And on three, two, one. No one will come and help. No one will come and assist. Who will come? What What might you say? What might you say? better luck next time right we're keeping it light we're keeping it frozen anyone else have an opinion no one has an opinion i find that hard to believe in this room in the back yep That that must have made you feel sad right who else i saw another hand what might you say order something else right anyone else have an opinion Oh, come on, that was pretty brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Very nice. Augusto Boal once said, theater itself is not revolutionary. It is a rehearsal for the revolution. Our faith community is making a commitment to better communication, a commitment to being in right relations. A commitment like that is an act of revolutionary love. In the coming weeks, we are going to begin this important work together. We are going to begin rehearsing. We hope that you'll come and join us for the revolution. Please join me in singing our lovely spec actors to class.
3: Kelly, thanks Jason, thanks Joey. Last Sunday, we heard some incredible and very personal stories from our guests, Beatrice, Benita, Wally, all of whom are recent immigrants to the United States, residents of Howard County, and all of whom mentioned how important was the support of the organization Luminous to their ability to live here. Today, for our second Sunday outreach offering, we're asking you to give generously to support the work of this organization. And UUCC member, Jill Christensen, who is also on Luminous staff, is going to tell you a little bit more about how your contributions will benefit the people who are served. Thank you, Jill. Good morning, UUCC,
7: beloveds. It's cool to be here in a covenant morning as we talk about who we are to each other, who we are with our neighbors as well. You know, I often think about an educator from Prince George's County who used to say, there is nowhere you can go and be with people just like you. Give it up. (laughs) What she was talking about was, we are, in fact, in an inescapable web of human existence as we know from the Seventh Principle, as we know from Martin Luther King's words, truly, we are connected with each other. So it was wonderful to then be able to bring you the stories last week. There's nowhere you can go and be with people just like you give it up. We're dependent upon right relations with folks who may drive ambulances, with, in fact, cooks and other workers at restaurants that we depend on. In fact, dental hygienists. We are all interconnected, and that's really where, in fact, my motivation for Luminous is. You might even say it's it's self-motivated. I want to make sure that everyone in our community thrives. If that can happen, then I thrive, and you thrive too. So, as you heard from Benita, refugee and high school student, who started with zero English, but she had Swahili and French from the Democratic Republic of Congo. She now is a National Honors Society student and a volunteer with us. And the reason she volunteers with Luminous is because she herself gets stories and understanding of other immigrants' experiences as she writes blogs, interviews immigrants, and writes blogs for our website. Beatrice, who is at that threshold of living wage in Howard County, trying as head of household, helping with her husband and two children, and at the same time, in the evenings, going back for English classes, because she has aspirations to be a teacher. And then Wali, who came from the most fortunate of experiences in Afghanistan, and as he said, his 20 years of professional and family preparation dissolved in 10 days. Right now, between now and September, he is hustling to find income to support his family, which not only includes his wife and his four-year-old daughter, but also, then, siblings and their mother. Before, Before, in fact, in the fall, he heads to law school, where he has intentions of helping other refugees. We're all in this together, And there are a zillion additional stories, but I'm just going to reinforce those three. Within Luminous, we provide legal support. Also then, how to navigate social services. You know, it's not easy registering for food stamps, let alone registering for Head Start. And those are essential variables so that families can thrive. We, in fact, have volunteers that help with ESL, with resume writing, helping to find jobs. And also, because it's COVID COVID still, we're doing eviction prevention and have resources to help keep people in their apartments, in their houses. And we can't do it without help. And I'm going to talk specifically about one aspect of help. For the Afghans coming in right now who are here, and also then for the Ukrainians who are arriving in whatever wave that may be for the future, to file for asylum with the United States government, just to file the legal proceeding, it costs $540 per person. Asylum itself, the general cost is around $7,500 for one person, and is in fact a seven-year or so, depending on our government resources and time, seven years to get to that point, place of being legally able to stay in the United States and plot the future ahead. We need resources. We need, in fact, a licensed social worker to help us with the social services. Absolutely, we can use volunteers, and we've benefited from volunteers, whether that is, in fact, whole congregations, synagogues, and mosques that have stepped up to do group activities, and lots of individuals who have stepped forward to be drivers for us, to help as far as that resume writing, even to help take families to a kite festival in Baltimore. All kinds of layers. So, think about that inescapable web. We're all in it. We're all together. We may have different resources. We may have different aptitudes and experiences, but we all have hearts. And clearly, UUCC, I know you have heart, and you can help provide support for this little organization that operates on this tight shoestring, where I have been a staff member and now, actually, as of this next Wednesday, will be volunteer and no longer staff. Truly, your resources can make a huge difference, so I very much appreciate being able to be a part of the Second Sunday offering and want you to keep in mind that whole piece of our covenant to each
3: other and then to our communities. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. And thank you all for your generosity. The instructions for how to give are going to appear on the screen, or you may put lots of cash and checks in the basket in the back of the sanctuary. Thank you.
8: Good morning. This is a covenant uh, that invites relationship. That's the name of it, by Lisa Ward. A covenant is not a definition of a relationship. It is the framework for our relating. A covenant leaves room for chance and change. It is humble toward evolution. It claims, I will abide with you in this common endeavor. Be present as best I can in our becoming. This calls for a level of trust, courage, and sacrifice that needs to be nurtured, renewed, and affirmed on a regular basis. A creed creates a static truth, something that does not incorporate new insights and realities. A covenant is a dance of co-creation, keeping in step with one another in the flow of our lives. A creed invites uniformity and a unison voice. A covenant seeks harmony, and a shared voice, something we may arrive at a unison, but is not required. A creed gives authority to the statement. A covenant gives the authority to shared intention. A creed creates an us and them. A covenant invites relationship. A creed is a prescription that must be relied on, but a covenant relies on the treasures of shared truth. The overall trust within a covenant is in the TRUTH, capital T, something which no one person can fully see. It's something which each and every person can come to know. It glimpses in another story, in epiphanies. Truth is ever-changing in our seeking to understand because of our limited perspectives. We grow into a deeper sense of the meaning of all things when we take our journey seriously with full heart and mind. The courage within a covenant is the acceptance and celebration of life with all its challenges, pains, ironies, and joys. The sacrifice within this company covenant is the letting go of dogma, of assumptions, of control, and giving over to a greater wisdom which comes to us in bits and pieces. The task of a covenant is to take responsibility for the freedom we espouse. We know that we are interconnected and that What we do creates ripples of hope or despair, of affirmation or negation. What we do with and for one another is powerful and beyond our imagining.
3: the predominant etymological explanations of the word religion connects its origins to a verb meaning to bind, to bind together, to be bound, bonded. And ours is a religious tradition that says we are bound not by a statement of belief, a creed, but by a way of being, that what bonds us religiously is our covenant or covenants with one another as human beings who choose to be in relationship with each other and with all of life. We choose to be in relationship in ways that cultivate and sustain our shared values, values of justice, of equity, of compassion, of freedom, of love. In covenant, we promise to act in ways that are an embodied expression of who we understand ourselves to be as people of faith, especially as we learn and grow and evolve together. In the reading you heard from Robin, Reverend Lisa Ward wrote, a creed creates a static truth, something that does not incorporate new insights and realities. A covenant is a dance of co-creation, keeping in step with one another in the flow of our lives. In this covenantal relationship, we live with the tension of knowing that our covenant is, on the one hand, very important. We commit ourselves to being sincerely invested in living according to its expression and on the other hand, that it's aspirational, because we are human, imperfect, fallible, and we mess up on the regular. But by virtue of our covenantal relationship, we agree that even when we do mess up, we will turn back toward one another, tend to the relational healing, and hold the values of our covenant as the central arbiters of how to be together. I will abide with you in this common endeavor, be present as best I can in our becoming, as Reverend Ward writes. At UUCC, we have a congregational covenant. We speak its words together almost every Sunday to continue to remind ourselves of who we say we are. That covenant was written by members of this congregation nearly 20 years ago and then was adopted by a vote of the congregation in its annual meeting that spring. The Congregational Covenant articulates who we are as a religious community. It is arguably an expression of our most basic, perhaps our most universal, values. I know that when I speak the words of that covenant, I often find myself thinking, yeah, I did all right this week, staying in alignment with that particular thing, or, oh gosh, I really did not live up to my values there this week. When a member of the community encourages me to consider how I'm showing up or not showing up, how my choice of words excluded or silenced someone, how a decision that I was responsible for kept a vulnerable person feeling excluded in our community. When I hear those things, I often feel defensive, I definitely feel embarrassed. But I try to remember our covenant. We challenge each other to live our values. And in covenant, I promise not to be merely the one who challenges others but I promise to be willing to be challenged. And when I remember that, I can find a spark of gratitude for being in relationship with people who care enough, who care enough about me, about our covenant, about our faithful commitments, to encourage me, to challenge me, to live those shared values. And covenants can be valuable for more specific purposes, too. And some of the conflict that UUCC has experienced in recent years has led our lay leadership to believe that we could benefit from a covenant of right relations. A covenant that expresses not what our congregational covenant does about who we are more generally as a people of faith, but how we will behave with one another specifically in times of disagreement, so that disagreement doesn't become destructive so that conflict is transformative and healthy. Like Kelly's improv experiment demonstrated earlier, we don't always agree about what is the best response in a given situation. We have varying expectations about what constitutes respectful dialogue. We have different personal reactions to raised voices, to vigorous debate, we have varying levels of comfort and skill at expressing ourselves clearly. We have different life experiences informing our understandings of oppression and harm. Miscommunication, miscommunication is, arguably, inevitable. Inevitable in human relationship. And it's especially likely and especially problematic when there are language barriers, conflicting cultural expectations, power differentials, whether those are differences in power within a specific institution because of lines of authority, or differences in systemic power because of centuries of oppression and discrimination and marginalization. So, individually, our experiences and expectations vary greatly. Collectively, we also have much too much experience with centering and prioritizing the norms of heteronormative, misogynistic, and white ways of communicating. So that also gets in the way. Like all institutions in the 21st century United States, UUCC has been shaped and informed by the culture in which we live, a culture that is a white supremacy culture still. This does not mean that UUCC or its individual members have chosen to be racist, nor that its practices and procedures and policies and cultures are deliberately patriarchal. But these are the norms. These are the norms that persist unless we choose to actively dismantle them. So an institution like UUCC, one that says it aims to be anti-oppressive, anti-racist, multicultural, for an institution like this one, it's important to be clear, especially about expectations around communication and conflict. Otherwise, we're just going to continue perpetuating harm. That's where this covenant of right relations might come in. Not to set laws or rules that are hierarchically enforced, but to articulate a set of agreements that we all share, shared expectations about behavior and about reconciliation when harm has been done. Now, many of you know Graham, my spouse and partner, who is also part of this community. And this week, we were talking about Covenant, and he offered the metaphor of the boxing ring. He said, boxers who enter the ring fully intending to beat up on one another still agree the ring will be 20 feet by 20 feet, There will be three ropes, padded corners. No one will hit below the belt. We will hurt each other, guaranteed, but we agree upon these rules for engagement and standards of behavior. Absent any conflict, a covenant, agreements are unnecessary. When all is well, it is easy to get along. Covenants anticipate issues that, if not managed well, are powerful enough to tear a community apart. These agreed-upon values, standards of engagement, need to be set not to avoid conflict, but to help us lean into them, to be sure that those conflicts are constructive and transformative, and that a people can move forward together. So as a side note, Graham is often a thought partner for me, as are members of the staff, clergy colleagues, and many of you, and I don't usually think it's important to say that. But in this case, it feels relevant to tell you that I was talking about this with other people, because Covenant also serves to remind us that we're not in this alone. This work, this community, this life, Our faith tradition celebrates interdependence. Interdependence, not independence. A creed, says Reverend Ward, seeks uniformity and a unison voice. A covenant seeks harmony, a shared voice. Sometimes we may arrive at unison, but it's not required. A creed gives authority to the statement. A covenant gives authority to the shared intention. Robin and Scotty and their team have drafted a proposed covenant of right relations, and immediately following the service, as you heard Kevin say earlier, after we hear a little bit more live music, You'll be invited to join small groups to discuss the draft covenant and the more general idea of adopting such a covenant. Will you show the slide now about those circles? Right now, I'm going to read you the main bullets of the draft covenant. The full document is much longer and elaborates on each of these statements, but this is what the basic draft says, for those of you who haven't read it yet especially, but a reminder for all of us. We, the members of UUCC, agree to maintain a spirit of goodwill, understanding that the impact of words and actions may have a hurtful impact, despite good intentions. To bring our best selves to all encounters, to honor, strengthen, and preserve the ties and the mutual goals that unite us to seek opportunities for understanding, not for blame, for inclusion, not division, as we actively strive to resolve conflict, to listen with empathy and kindness, seeking both to understand and to be understood, knowing that we often do not know what we do not know, to communicate with one another directly, with respect, honesty, compassion, with attention to the impact of our words and actions on others. Forgive ourselves and others when we fall short. Sincerely apologize, and seek to make whole. Begin again in love. As you can see or saw on the slide in your groups this morning, you'll be asked to share about your own experiences of conflict based in miscommunication, misunderstanding or mistakes. And then you'll be asked how to discuss how a covenant like this one might help in such a situation. Separately, you're invited to participate next month in a two-part group relations workshop on the morning of Saturday, May 22nd and 21st and then the second part on Sunday after worship, May 22nd. In our ongoing effort to strengthen relationships and practice being human more effectively in this community. Conflict can be constructive. It can shape and clarify our core values. And in right relationship, guided by covenant, we can help define the size of the ring, the number of the ropes, the length of the rounds, the way we will and will not challenge each other, especially those whom we perceive to be against us. A healthy covenant is not a perfect contract that leaves all the lawyers happy and all the clients unsatisfied. And it's not a set of rules with a designated authority to enforce them. A healthy covenant provides a basis for relationship, strong enough to endure heartache and hurt strong enough to see a group of beloved people through a painful time and into even deeper commitment together. That's my hope for us, UUCC. So may it be. Amen. And now Michael's going to lead us in singing together a favorite, Lean on Me. The slides may not exactly match what Michael's going to sing, so follow his lead, and we're going to do our best with the words on the screen. Will you please rise in body or in spirit?
9: strong and I'll be your friend I'll help you carry We all need somebody to lean on Again, just call on me, brother, when you need a hand We all need somebody to lean on I just might have a problem that you'd understand We all need somebody to lean
3: Thank you. You may be seated. Michael, will you help me at the table? It is our custom during worship not only to give voice to our personal joys and sorrows, but also to honor them by dropping a pebble into a communal bowl of water. In this way, we honor that each individual life, each story, each sorrow, each joy is shared in community. It ripples out and touches us all and is held and our collective embrace. So those of you who are here in the sanctuary, if you'd like to participate in this ritual in silence during the music meditation after the reflection and prayer, you may come forward at that time. and one final stone for all that we are holding in our hearts without words today. May you be held in a loving embrace. Thank you, Michael. Will you join me now for just a few moments of prayer and reflection? Great and Holy Spirit, of life, of love. May we feel held in a loving embrace as we face losses, both anticipated and unexpected, needs for healing in ourselves and our loved ones, fear, at what lies ahead and as we celebrate beautiful artistry and music, the generosity of a loving community and milestones in our lives, and as we commit ourselves moving forward to being ever more loving and more courageous and more whole. Let us share just a moment of quiet stillness as we hold all our prayers. Blessed be. Amen. Will you rise in body or in spirit, hear these words of benediction, and then sing together the benediction response? Those words will appear on your screen. At the beginning of the service, we heard the words of Reverend Marta Valentine. We come together to gather strength from each other. We come to give strength to each other. And we remember that we are always building our beloved Comunidad. May we never forget. Amen.
9: Take courage, friends. The way is often hard. The path is never clear. And the stakes are very high. Take courage, for you are not alone, for you
2: circle ends where it begins and starts again just where it ends no seam, no separation streamed of hand in hand The circle ends where it begins and starts again just where it ends No seam, no separation and no finish line to pass There is no need for hurry and no use for fear and worry For our lives roll on forever but only this one moment lasts Stand up for everything that you believe is true And everything you try to help me see For I am part of you, are part of me And part of everything that never will be changed As well as changing you and me The circle ends where it begins Starts again just where it ends No seam, no separation And no finish line to pass There is no need for hurry And no use for fear and worry For our lives roll on forever But only this one moment lasts Our lives roll on forever But only this one more.